We conclude yesterday's daf, getting us into the debate of Beishamah Beis Hillel, of the minimum size of a sukkah, where one can fit their head, most of their body, and their table. In light of this, the Gemara quotes a b'raisa, discussing spaces that are less than four by four amos, and the halachic ramification, the nafkamina of this measurement, spills over to numerous areas of halacha, one such as mezuzah. Would such a space, which is small space, would it require, mezuzah requires a base dira, mezuzah requires a sort of dwelling area, and has a defined space, four by four amos or larger. In addition to the law of ma'ake, to put up a gate around one's roof, would only be required to do so in a space four by four amos or larger. So this in the list, the Gemara brings a whole list from the Brisa of all kinds of different halachot that are impacted by a space that's smaller or larger than four by four amos. Linking this back to the machlokas, the argument in our opening Mishnah about a sukkah that is too tall, above 20 amos, as we learned yesterday, the Gemara wanted to uncover the author of the Brisa. The Rabbanan had invalidated a sukkah that is too tall. Nevertheless, our Gemara says the Brisa could be from the Rabbanan, could be the author of the Rabbanan, since sukkah is fundamentally different. A house is a house. It's, it's a dearest keva, it's a permanent dwelling place. But nobody would call it humanly livable if it would be less than four by four amos. But a sukkah, on the other hand, is a dearest sarai. It's a temporary space. By its very nature, when something is temporary, a person would be willing to, to confine themselves to the tiny area. In other words, it's not necessarily so that a sukkah less than four by four amos is problematic because it's a temporary structure anyway. What a person would be willing to do for a short amount of time. We are not forced to link the b'risa, therefore, with Rabbi Yehuda's opinion. We know from the opening daf that sukkah is yitziah, midiras keva, sarai, to exit from our permanent dwellings into the temporary dwelling of the sukkah. And this, of course, is coming to teach us on a deeper level that our entire lives in this world are temporary. Like a corridor, like a prosdor, as the Al-Sheikh writes, Parshas Emor, Perch of Gimel, this is why Hashem emphasized yeshiva basukkah as the central, sitting in the sukkah as the central experience, the central mitzvah of the Chag. Ki He writes, a person should take to heart, should internalize that everything that we're seeing when we sit in that sukkah, it's all a hint. It's all a reference to life here on earth. It's just a microcosm of our entire lives. This is Torah Sa'adam. This is the greatest lesson that a human can learn. That the tie, the true dearest keva, the true permanent dwelling is not down here on earth. It's in the Olam Elyon. It's in the upper realms. And on the day that we are born, we leave that permanent abode and come into and enter into the temporary dwelling. This is also hinted in the fact that Sukkot, we sit for seven days, we sit for seven days, spent in the sukkah, a veiled reference, says the Al-Sheikh to Yim, to Pasuk and to Hillim, Yimei Shinosav, Shivim Shana, the lifetime of a person in this world is 70 years, the 70 years of the temporary dwelling. And what happens when we reflect on this point? We can only but be motivated to prepare ourselves for that great day. The permanent dwelling, the dearest keva, is a passage of our lives here in this world to Olam Abba, to the world to come. Therefore, the sukkah enables us to reflect on the fragile and temporary nature of our lives to push us, to push us to make sure that we don't waste a second of every single opportunity that we have.